Hello and welcome to High Action, everybody. My name is Perry Smith, and I'm joined by my man John Story out in Burbank, California. John, how's it going today, man? Oh, great. Also joined by the wonderful Will Brom down in Long Beach, California. What's going on, Will? Everything's good. Got an acoustic in my hands. Life's good. Nice. Well, I'm definitely a little jealous of you guys. I'm uh, out here in Brooklyn, New York, and it is getting chilly. It's getting very chilly, so I'm kind of longing for that nice, warm California weather. Uh, so look out, Will. I may be coming to crash. Okay. It's getting chilly here, too. I almost thought about putting a jacket on this morning. I didn't, <laughs> but I kind of thought about it. I mean, you know. Well, you know, the thing about colder weather is that it's a good excuse to just cuddle up with your guitar with your favorite guitar and really get into the zone with it and today we're talking about the acoustic guitar a topic that is very near to all three of us and before we get too far uh, into the episode I want to mention the sponsor for today uh, one of the biggest supporters that the New West Guitar Group has really ever had and I'm speaking about the wonderful luthier, uh, Santa Cruz-based master of guitar building, the wonderful Jeff Traugott. Both John and I have uh, custom acoustic Traugott guitars, and they're just tremendous instruments. So for the listeners out there, if you want to treat yourself uh, and get a really high-end acoustic guitar that will sing like just about any other high-end acoustic guitar, um, I would definitely check out Traugott guitars. They're pretty phenomenal. And yeah, Jeff Traugott has been a huge supporter of the band since really its inception because his nephew, Brady Cohan, was an original member of the group back when we were a guitar quartet. So we've had a long relationship with Traugott, and his guitars are just fantastic. I'm holding mine right now. I'll give you a little, uh, little bit of it here. Here's a nice little E minor 9 chord. Sounds so sweet. And, you know, whenever I play acoustic guitar, I'm, I'm always trying to capture the open strings as much as possible. You know what I mean? Like, there's something about the acoustic uh, and just sitting playing chords in the first three frets that just feels so... sound to me uh, with the with the open strings uh, I don't know why that is I think it's just something about the resonance the resonance of these guitars uh, they're just pretty incredible so yeah go check out Traugott Guitars uh, big sponsor of uh, the episode and actually Jeff Traugott produced uh, one of our albums as New West Guitar Group uh, the album called Sleeping Lady that we recorded in 2008, I believe, uh, it was an all-acoustic album. And the theme music for the podcast that you guys hear each week is recorded from that album. Uh, John, I'm sure you remember that project. We were up in Marin County for like three or four days trying to record all of our music on acoustic guitar. And it presented a lot of unique challenges, like how to balance you know, without using our volume pedals, how to balance... Uh, and get the right tone out of the different guitars. Um, you've played acoustic guitar 
since you started out, John. And so it's kind of natural for you in a lot of ways. You know, some people started on electric, but you started on acoustic. Um, when you're picking up the guitar now, you know, what is sort of your go-to in the mornings? Is it, is it the acoustic guitar or is it the electric guitar? Um, um, boy, it changes every day. I think in recent decades, it's been the jazz box, my arch top, but um, it is really fun to sit down and play my classical or my steel string guitar. Uh, you know, there's something about just like being able to play and be kind of disconnected from all the other stuff that we use as musicians, whether it's pedals or amps yeah, or even 100%. today, you know, I mean, we live in this age of amazing home recording gear. So we kind of consider the computer a part of our instrument now. And, and it's nice when we play acoustic to just be able to to disconnect. So, yeah, I, I recently it's been more more arch top guitar, but it is great to sit down on a weekend and just uh, play a little classical guitar um, or play some play some steel string. I remember a concert that we did, John, a long time ago at an old church in Marin County called Old St. Hillary's, and we did it all acoustic guitar. And, you know, we were in the process of being on the road where we were playing with our electric guitars, with our jazz boxes, and using pedals and balancing with amps and everything. And it adds a whole level of distraction, you know, to the guitar playing and to how you're um, kind of balancing with the group and I remember that concert so vividly because it was such a nice change for all of us and I think it inspired us as players in a certain way because um, you know to Will uh, let me throw this to you I mean you're definitely deep in a pedal zone these days when it comes to the electric guitar and really getting the tone just right and I think I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> and I think pedals are the shit believe me man but there's something so freeing about the acoustic guitar, especially like the steel string, um, mm -hmm. and just taking all that away and just focusing on the tone from your hands uh, and, and whether you're using a pick or fingers. So, um, Will, can you maybe talk a little bit about a point that I find really important when it comes to acoustic guitar playing, and that is the touch on your right hand. You know, to the extent yeah. that you're digging in, to the extent that you're not. Um, you know, that's something that took me a long time to try to understand in terms of getting a tone. So how, how, do, how do you kind of mm -hmm. think of that? Well, I think a good way to look at it, if I just, if I take one chord and I articulate it right over the sound hole versus right before the sound hole versus all the way at the bridge. So place three the right huge tonal differences. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if you're, if I'm trying to play a, a sweet melody versus it could depend on what musical context I'm in. Um, but the, the acoustic guitar and the pick that you might choose to use, right. um, those are your, that, those are your pedals and your EQ. Those, those are the whole sound. Right. Yeah, it's very true, and, and especially when you're recording, that's really all you need. Now, when you're playing live, this is when we get into a whole other discussion of like how to get a good acoustic guitar sound represented on a live show. I mean, mm -hmm. we're, still, we're still in the process of figuring that out, and we probably will be for the rest of our lives. But um, you know, New West Guitar Group, we've used the acoustic guitar um, in a really kind of specific way in our band. Uh, 
oftentimes it's the rhythm instrument that's sort of working like the drums and the bass and the piano of a traditional ensemble. Uh, a lot of the parts that I've written for our group, we use the acoustic guitar to really kind of bring some foundation to the band. For example, it might be a part like this. you do that up to speed, Perry, and, and give the listeners an idea of what it's really like. <laughs> Was that slower? We've played this song. This is a song called Shadow Play I wrote many years ago. We've played that at so many different tempos. I don't even know what up to speed is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like the acoustic guitar for us a lot of times has been this sort of wonderful rhythmic instrument that we can uh, have as the foundation of our band because we, like we said, we don't have drums and bass in the band. So we have to kind of find that foundation and that high end as well that you get from like the cymbals on a drum uh, uh, with a drummer. You can get that with the acoustic guitar. So it's, it's a really really percussive instrument that mm -hmm. we've sort of utilized that way and at the same time it's a beautiful melodic instrument um, one of my favorite pieces that we've ever recorded John brought in and uh, it's called Estrellita and we recorded it on the Sleeping Lady album uh, and it's all acoustic guitar and it's, it's just beautiful it's so melodic and um, John can you talk a little bit about you know, sort of arranging that piece uh, for the band way back when and sort of like your approach from playing very melodically uh, on the acoustic guitar. I know you do a lot with the fingers and that kind of creates a really warm tone on the acoustic, especially for melodies. Yeah, um, when when I did that arrangement, uh, I, I did a transcription of it that was of a very uh, specific arrangement of that song by Manuel Ponce. Of course, it's from the classical guitar repertoire, which um, when we take things from classical and we put them on a steel string, I mean, right away, it's kind of like arch top to solid body. You get more yep. sustain um, because a classical guitar isn't going to maybe have as much sustain as a steel string guitar is. So we get mm -hmm. kind of that degree. And um, there were some other songs on that record that had kind of this like, um, you, know, uh, you know, like a sustaining... kind of um, little uh, alternating kind of part, and I thought it'd be kind of fun for one of the guitars to sort of stay there the whole time. We did a low tuning on that piece. Um, yeah, and, and I remember us talking a little bit when we recorded it about using all fingers, nobody using picks on anything. Right. Um, and boy, that really changes the blend in a guitar ensemble when everyone is playing fingers versus when one person's playing fingers and other people are playing um, with picks. A lot of the tunes that I've brought into the group since 2009 have a rhythm part that, that has no pick, a lot like Crooked Railroad. 
So you get that muted sound with the thumb, and you get the chord with your fingers. And um, yeah, I mean, that's I've been really enjoying exploring that sound in New West. I feel like acoustic guitar does that so well, uh, you know, a little bit more than the arch top in, in some cases. So when we've had our ideal live situation with New West, as you guys know, I'll try playing those tunes on steel string guitar because it just brings out that that percussiveness and boy acoustic guitar has had a resurgence the last 15 20 years with guys like andy mckee Mm -hmm. movies like august rush that had that Mm -hmm. kid that played the guitar like it was all like percussive (laughs) you know we've had this resurgence where the guitar is played in a very very percussive way in a solo situation and we're seeing that across a lot of genres of music so i've tried to bring that into into new west and that project was a chance to to explore that. It was really a fun project. I sure hope we can do something like that again, because just going up to the mountains and recording acoustic guitars for a week was like amazing. It was great. Yeah, I mean, to your point about the percussive nature of the instrument, that's been pretty fundamental for how we've arranged for New West. Like, I don't know if we would have come up with those slapback kind of parts, that backbeat part. Uh, if we weren't utilizing the acoustic guitar, because it doesn't always sound the same on the box or a solid body or a 335. Like, just for the listeners, just take a basic chord, could be a G chord, and then just try kind of taking your palm on the backbeat like a drummer might and slapping it into the uh, sound hole of the instrument. So you get this like... I mean, to me, like that... That's a great way to groove on your mm-hmm. own with the acoustic guitar. And then there are others, like John mentioned, Andy McKee, that use all these different kinds of extended techniques and tapping and um, different ways to kind of make the guitar feel even more percussive uh, on a solo instrument. But, you know, I want to just go back to play a quick little clip from uh, our all acoustic album, Sleeping Lady. This is a little. Uh, Let's see, this is a little version of Estre um, Ita. Let's hear this for a little bit. Yeah, so you can hear, that's all fingers right there, and that warm, beautiful, melodic tone from the album. Um, if, you get, if anyone's curious about that album, I think we have some clips of it on our website. Uh, there's another John Story original, uh, the song California. That's our intro music to the podcast. That whole track is available on our website. And I, I gotta say, John, I think the acoustic version of California might be my favorite version of that tune that we've recorded. It's just something about that song the cascading nature of the parts, the open strings, uh, it just sounds mm-hmm. perfect on those trial god acoustics. Yeah, and you know, that is a for listeners who are checking that out, that's such a contrast to us, Trita, because California, we're all using picks, right. and the sound of the pick with the acoustic guitar in that motoric way. You know, I kind of got inspired when, when Pat Metheny visited us at USC. Remember when we did um, different trains and we did the, the 29 Guitar Piece Orchestra right. in 2005? And, you know, we're playing the Steve Reich piece, which is all, like you, you stick to one part the whole time, and there's this rhythmic phasing that happens. Mm-hmm. Man, the sound of 29 steel string guitars and four electric basses, I was like, man, we've got to figure out a way to do some of this in new west and remember we also tried cuban landscape with rain the leo brower piece in new west and we did that with picking 
And I got inspired to bring in some Leo Brower from David Pritchard, who I was working a lot with in 2006 and 7, who has explored a lot of steel string acoustic guitar ensemble writing. And all of his stuff is with the pick. And um, it's really difficult because it's like cross-string stuff that ordinarily, if you sight-read it, you just would use your right hand and just use fingers. But he likes the sound of the pick and that crispness of and direct sound that a steel string gets with uh, with a pick. Yeah, man, it's that's a different way of approaching the tone on the steel string too, um, but very effective. And yeah, acoustic guitar it's a it's a huge world, and we're not going to cover everything. Um, that it encompasses in just this one episode, but I think it's it's worth noting that like, you know, I started out on acoustic guitar. My dad had an acoustic guitar around the house. It was a nylon string, and that was my mm -hmm. entry into the wonderful world of guitar. And you know, since then I've been inspired by players who play electric, jazz, everything. But there's something so um, folkloric about the acoustic. Like it's sort of the you know, like the every man's instrument. It can be like the campfire jam that happens, and it can also be like, you know, the most pristine, beautiful sound that you've heard. Uh, some acoustic guitar players that really inspired me over the years uh, were like Tuck and Patty, you know, or Michael Hedges. Uh, I remember being young and hearing Alda Miola, John McLaughlin, and Paco de Lucia Friday night in San Francisco hearing that album, and they were just tearing it up on acoustic. Uh, if I remember, Paco was playing nylon string, and I think McLaughlin's playing steel string on that one. I don't know if Al Daniela's playing steel string or nylon. He was probably on steel. He's probably on steel. Yeah. Good old ovation. I think he's playing the ovation yeah. on that, yeah. But, I mean, that record is just <laughs> incredible, <laughs> the ovation. <laughs> hey, man, he crushes yeah. that thing, man. We, we were picking on ovation on our on our Instagram this week with that clip of Glenn Campbell yeah. playing the electric ovation, That's like right. burning tempo, you know. Well, so, I think no, that guitar, no you know, was popular because it's hard to get a good sound live with the acoustic guitar. And so you have that sort of plastic backing that those ovations mm -hmm. had, and you can sort yeah. of control the feedback and the sound a little bit more. But... Yeah, I remember yeah. hearing that record Friday night in San Francisco and just being blown away, you know. And mm -hmm. there's something that is pretty unforgiving about the acoustic guitar, too. Like, I want us all to play a little something, but it's a little bit more difficult, I'd say, than the electric in a lot of ways because you just you can't, like, hide, you know, mm -hmm. through the effects. You can't hide through, like, swamping yourself with a bunch of overdrive or, like, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, you can put delay on and reverb, but like so much of what you're dealing with is just exactly what you're putting into it with your fingers. And in that sense, I feel like it's it's a pretty high bar to achieve a great sound and a great um, performance on the acoustic guitar. Someone who I recently heard just absolutely crush the acoustic guitar was Joe Bonamassa. Uh, I think mm -hmm. it was a clip, Will, that you and I were listening to uh, with a friend of ours, maybe playing cello. I think it was Tina Guo. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and Bonamassa. Playing some serious rhythm guitar on that, Martin. Oh, my God, man. Just <laughs> yeah. just dealing, dealing like a true motherfucker on that thing. And so I give him mad respect as a player and certainly somebody who can cross between the electric and the acoustic so well. Obviously, Pat Metheny's another one. Uh, never found a guitar he couldn't get a good tone out of. So... Yeah, let's all play a little something and uh, put our money where our mouth is. 
mm-hmm. Will, do you want to start? Do you have a little something that you could uh, sure. play for us on that beautiful acoustic? I'm glad you brought up Aldi Miola because one of my favorite things about his playing is, is, is his percussive uh, linear playing. Yeah, or the, the way that he really yeah. utilizes the right hand, whether it's more, right? the gambit on a, particularly on acoustic that's where his playing shines to me and that's been huge for me for approaching a song with many different types of articulation i've never heard al demiola do a pickety third though so <laughs> i was listening to some some john dowland last night and it just came out what can i say what can i say <laughs> minor to major uh no beautiful nice work man John, and some John Dowland. Did they uncover some recordings from that from when he was around? <laughs> what, what year was that? Fifteen fifty? Yeah. Fifteen sixty? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Man, you know, after we play a little bit, I'm also curious to gearhead with you guys just a little bit about microphones with acoustic guitar, and curious which oh, ones yeah. you guys like. Yeah. Because there's such a relationship between the microphone and the guitar. And man, shout out to David Grisman. I just saw he posted he had a bunch of mics stolen. While he was on the road this week, four vintage KM84s that were lifted from his suitcase. And he mentioned in the Instagram post, he said, a major part of my sound the last 40 years live has been those microphones. And it goes to show you someone like Dave Grisman, who plays mandolin, how important the microphone is. He's toured with the same mics for longer than all of us have been alive. So I feel like the mic and the guitar are really important. But yeah, here, let me play a little bit of something. I'm kind of, like usual with high action podcasts, I'm feeling, playing a little blues. Might as well play a little blues on acoustic guitar. some fancy chords for a steel string john there it is <laughs> yeah out of, as they say in nashville out of town chords out right? of town <laughs> chords right yeah god the acoustic we're lucky john that we get to play these beautiful trowgots they they really sing i'm gonna try to play a little something it's a very popular song moon river let's see
probably one of my favorite tunes to play on the acoustic guitar, just just because I get all those nice open strings. Play it in G, mm-hmm. and you can get to the E minor, and uh, it just goes back to what I said earlier. For whatever reason, when I'm playing acoustic guitar, that's a big mm-hmm. part of the sound I'm trying to achieve is like how resonant this guitar can be just on its own. And the, something about the open strings, they just they just ring differently. You know what I'm saying? Can I add to that? No. John, so um, let's talk a little bit about... <laughs> so can we talk about capos? Yes, yeah. actually you read, read my mind as I was saying yeah. that. Because you're saying open strings, man. I was I thinking mean, to myself, like, don't shy away from the capo. Yeah. You know, when, no. when you need it, use it because you can get the sustain, you know. I'm, I'm sure you guys have found yourself in this situation where you're in the studio and you're thinking, I don't need a capo. I can play an A flat. I'll just play bar chords. And on an, on an A, yeah. your hand gets exhausted pretty quick from just playing bar chords. You stick a capo on there. It's just, it's like, <laughs> th- there's no argument. Just use a capo. It, if you need that open sound right. that you're talking about, use a capo. Don't even try not to. Just do it. Mm-hmm. And not all capos are created equal. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the Shub capo is great. Mm-hmm. Kaiser capo is great. The G capo, the one that clamps down is great. So invest in a really great capo. Keep one in your guitar case at all the times. It is really handy, and it's a timbral difference. It's it's more about the timbre of the guitar than it really exactly. is the convenience, although it provides a huge convenience to us. Because I agree, your chops get tired holding down bar chords for five minutes at a time. And um, when we bar things, the chords sound darker. I mean, it's just part of playing a closed position chord. So if we want that sound, awesome. But yeah, capos are are great. And (laughs) I remember like one of my first jazz teachers was like, oh, don't use a capo. That's for folk singers. And I was like, no, that's not true at all. Like I use it in a lot. I use capos on my last record. I've used them in New West. I've used them pretty much every session I have an acoustic guitar I'm using a capo on for sure. What if we tried A being an A flat bar chord with and without it? Hey, let's hear it. Let's see if our high action listeners let's can see. tell the difference. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll just um, this for who whoever's listening, you, you just use your ears because I'm not going to really specify. Mm-hmm. So exhibit one. Wait a minute. Which <laughs> see here's the hard part about a capo is that. <laughs> God I don't know that. how to transpose with a capo. <laughs> Wait a minute. I think we have to go over your cage system. Here, oh, God. All right, so here's how you put a capo on. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Third time's a charm. So, exhibit one. I wonder if that's with a capo or not. <laughs> I wonder. Well, I think you needed to rehearse this exercise because... Do you, but do you guys hear a difference? Yes. Do. And I and after playing for like ten minutes, you will. Yeah. 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 It's a whole new world with the capo, Will. It's that's the thing. It, I can't think like okay, G major capo three. I can't think like that. I, my brain yeah. literally won't. I have to just right. think A flat and and figure it out, which most of the time I don't, but I try. Man, and, and Shub makes all these cool capos that are for half of the fretboard so you can oh, keep yeah. your low strings open. Oh, yeah. Um, I've even experimented with the real Shub capo. Um, I, for listeners out there, check out the classical guitar capo that Shub makes that's designed for a flat fingerboard radius. If you use that on a steel string, you can experiment with like capoing five of the six strings. And if you drop 
D on your sixth string and you're capoing at like the second fret, you get really, really beautiful um, tones with that on a, on a regular a steel string guitar with a normal radius. Well, I wanted to, um, as we kind of wrap up the episode here, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, just tone with the acoustic guitar. There's lots of different sort of approaches to how you get your sound. And whether you're using picker fingers or gear, microphones, one of the things that we've talked a lot about in New West is just the, the quality and the type of tone we're trying to get from the acoustic because you can have a really pristine steel string acoustic guitar sound or you can have a really gritty acoustic guitar sound. Like I think of some of, you know, the old like like Bob Dylan acoustic guitar recording sounds or like Peter, Paul and Mary folk acoustic guitar sounds that they're, they're gritty in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. you know? And then you think of guys that are doing more like pristine and beautiful acoustic guitar stuff, which is some of the stuff that we're trying to do. So uh, I guess I'll throw it to John first, you know? Like, do you have different kinds of acoustic guitars that you try to get like everything from the campfire sound to like the, you know, sort of refined classical polished tone? Because I think that's a big range when it comes to uh, how you're developing sound on the acoustic. Yeah, well, one thing I love about the Traugott is that it's a really versatile instrument, so you can kind of like, I, I've experimented with putting foam behind the bridge, and you get a oh, really, really nice kind of parlor guitar kind of sound oh, really? with very with a muted sound. Um, uh, I did that when we recorded Gwen Stefani's Christmas record. There's all these like little acoustic parts, and I experimented with the foam, and it turned out it sounded just like an old Martin you, you put foam, parlor guitar. Like, right next to the mm -hmm. saddle, essentially? Right by the saddle, yeah. Mm -hmm. cool. It's a little piece of foam under there. That's fun. Um, ideally, I'd love to have three sizes, just like with jazz boxes, like a really big grand auditorium, Gibson J200, and then a, a Martin parlor guitar, and then the Traugott, which is you know such a versatile instrument. Um, but yeah, you know, like we mentioned, microphones have a lot to do with it. Live, I really like the Shure SM81 or the AKG 451B. Right. And in recording studio, I mean, I just, I have tried a lot of stuff. I just love the Neumann KM84 mm -hmm. and all of the cheaper variants now, like the Warm Audio 84 is a great mic. The SE, SE7, yep. I believe it is, is a great one too. So pencil mics for me are really the go-to. I know a lot of engineers who like large diaphragm mics on acoustic guitars, but I've I've never gotten um, the focused sound with with a large diaphragm compared to like a pair of really great mm -hmm. Sheps or Neumann mics on a steel string guitar. But live, you know, we don't really have the luxury of stereo micing our guitar, and we don't right. want to necessarily do that. So having like, again, the Sure products, the SM81 is an awesome live acoustic guitar mic. Right. And as we all know, Blending the DI with a radial tone bone or yes. pendulum SP1, something like that, with a microphone and having a good engineer in the front of the house will get you as good of acoustic guitar as you could get in pretty much any room. But it takes a really good engineer out in front to know how to mix it right. Yeah, definitely shout out to the people uh, at Radial because we've used the tone bone PZ Pre um for a while and that's that's what i'm using right now on the podcast that's what we've used in our live shows a lot it gets a wonderful di sound from the acoustic guitar uh, will mm -hmm. you know when you came into new west like we were immediately asking you to switch between acoustic guitar and go back to your box and trying to get a good sound live you know how have you sort of developed from that process on uh, how you get a tone live on the acoustic. Yeah. 
Um, before I answer that, you had a good point talking about different guitar sounds like Bob Dylan versus someone like Andy McKee. Right, right, Andy right. on the very crisp articulate side, Bob Dylan on the warm kind of maybe even using your thumb to kind of get that sound. But I think a big part of that is the strings, the string age, the yes, string gauge, totally. right? Um, I actually, um, you know, these strings have been on here a while and it, it sounds fairly crisp, I would say. Yeah. Even with my fingers. And I, granted, I keep my guitar in the case when I don't use it. So, and I haven't necessarily played this uh, Marquion steel string a ton recently, but I think that the string, like if, if you pick up a Martin at a recording studio, it's got these old crusty strings. It just has that thud yeah. versus our guitars. We're kind of more on top of our instruments all the time. It kind of just has more ring to it. Um, and I also think that like I, I use Martin retro 11 gauge strings which is, I think, all things considered, on the slightly thinner side. Yeah. Um, but it just sounds good to me. The playability you know? is a little easier, right? Yeah. It's a little brighter, and especially, I think, getting moving back to the question you asked, I think sometimes in a mix it actually helps the sound of the acoustic cut through if there's not all that heavy, brassy mud on the on the guitar i don't know you guys might disagree but no i, I, would, I like I the way that i mean the only thing is like if those strings get a little too slinky like they're a little too light when you're trying to uh -huh. like you know because sometimes with the acoustic you want to dig in to these mm -hmm. um rhythm parts like that's i think a big part of how we play in new west like i take a part like pacific blues you know i'm doing mm. i'm only digging in like 50 percent right now you know out the water if i if i do it any other way but to have 11s on there i don't know if it would like hang as well you know what i mean mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but gosh the acoustic guitar we can go so many different places with it um it's been really a revolutionary instrument for our band you know the the moment we started using it we were able to expand into original writing we were able to expand expand into like being much more percussive with the band uh, orchestrating the different types of guitars together was just huge for the direction of our band. I, I vividly remember it. It was like 2005 or six when we really kind of started incorporating the acoustic guitar into our live shows and kind of writing with the acoustic guitar in mind. And for all the listeners out there that have been joining us each week, um, you know, thank you so much. Uh, we're going to put some information about the acoustic guitar up on our Patreon. We really appreciate everyone that's signing up. And, you know, if you're curious about kind of how to expand your acoustic guitar repertoire, um, I would just say everybody, you know, try to get yourself something that you can play live with because that's really a, a pretty cool mm -hmm. idea. I had a friend text me the other day asking about, you know, how do I get a better sound live? Uh, she's learning how to play acoustic guitar and sing at her shows. And I said, hey, get that tone bone. So shout out to Radial, get a tone bone PZ Pre, and that will get you started. Um, and then like we've been saying, utilize the capo, utilize your fingers, utilize picking, and uh, yeah, just What if we it. each go around and say an acoustic album that was very influential for us? 
Okay. Yeah, I like that. Right. Uh, right. Do you want to start, Will? I got to think of a good one. Sure. Um, I. It's easy for me. It's, um, it, as I mentioned earlier, Al Di Miola in two, 2012, 2013, released a beautiful Beatles album called All Your Life. And um, it's a mix of like rhythm guitar on steel string and all the melodies, most of the melodies on nylon string. And it's amazing. The sound, the sounds he gets, it completely changed my relationship with acoustic guitar. So that would be mine. Yeah. John? Yeah. um, Boy, I think I have three. (laughs) Uh, um, Peter, Paul, and Mary Lifelines. Um, Michael Hedges' Aerial Boundaries. Yep. And um, Pat Metheny, One Quiet Night. Ah, I think those three. Mine. Sorry, I just had, they're equal for me. I mean, all of those are great. You know? Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say Metheny, One Quiet Night. I mean, John, I remember when we checked out that album, we were in college together, and the just the freaking tone that he got yeah. out of that uh, baritone acoustic yeah. was just phenomenal. Um, yeah, and he also put in the liner notes, because back when we bought CDs, this was before iTunes, right. 2002, he put in the liner notes how he recorded it with what mics and what preamps, and I was like, man, thank you, Pat, for <laughs> giving us that Divulging. information. So true. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, um, this is another clip. Wait, Perry, our- what's your album, bro? I was going to say One Quiet Night. That's all you got? I was going to say the Matheny album. (laughs) Well, you know, I guess I'll say our current album, which I just played a track from on accident, but this is uh, (laughs) Sleeping Lady. And we will be back next week. Thank you to all the high action listeners. You guys are the best. We're building this community one uh, one Patreon at a time. And we just reached a goal. We had 25 Patreons, so we're going to be releasing some new stuff. So Mm -hmm. join the community, sign on up, help us support the podcast. Uh, We all really appreciate it. And in terms of revolutionary acoustic albums, well, I just, I gotta go with this one. I gotta go with the New West Guitar Group and Sleeping Lady. See y'all next week. Thanks for joining.